Good morning. Welcome to With God at Dawn. The throne of grace is a source of compassion and mercy. Psalms 45, verse 6. Thy throne, O God, is forever and ever. The scepter of thy kingdom is a right scepter. Though now he has ascended to the presence of God and shares the throne of the universe, Jesus has lost none of his compassionate nature. Today, the same tender, sympathizing heart is open to all the woes of humanity. Today, the hand that was pierced is reached forth to bless more abundantly his people that are in the world. Through all our trials, we have a never-failing helper. He does not leave us alone to struggle with temptation, to battle with evil, and finally be crushed with burdens and sorrow. Though now he is hidden from mortal sight, the ear of faith can hear his voice saying, Fear not, I am with you. I am he that liveth and was dead, and behold, I am alive forevermore. Those who put away iniquity from their hearts and stretch out their hands in earnest supplication unto God will have that help which God alone can give them. A ransom has been paid for the souls of men that they may have an opportunity to escape from the thraldom of sin and obtain pardon, purity, and heaven. Those who frequent the throne of grace offering up sincere, earnest petitions for divine wisdom and power, will not fail to become active, useful servants of Christ. They may not possess great talents, but with humility of heart and firm reliance upon Jesus, they may do a good work in bringing souls to Christ. Thousands have a false conception of God and his attributes. God is a God of truth, justice, and mercy, are the attributes of his throne. He is a God of love, of pity, and tender compassion. Thus he is represented in his Son, our Savior. He is a God of patience and long-suffering. If such is the being whom we adore and to whose character we are seeking to assimilate, we are worshiping the true God. If we are following Christ, his merits imputed to us come up before the Father as sweet odor, and the graces of our Savior's character, implanted in our hearts, will shed around us a precious fragrance. So, Jesus was described in our reading today as compassionate, and I'm going to go ahead and look up the definitions for each of these words, these terms used for him. Compassionate having a temper or a disposition to pity, inclined to show mercy, merciful, having a heart that is tender and easily moved by distresses, sufferings and wants and infirmities of others. He is also described as tender, one that attends or takes care of, kind concern, to hold to esteem any offer for acceptance, supplying with provisions and stores, sympathizing, to feel in consequence of what another one feels, blessing, to desire happiness for, to make happy, to make successful, to prosper, 
in temporal concerns to make happy in a future life. He is described as a god of truth. Truth is veracity, purity from falsehood, honesty, virtue, sincerity, fidelity, constancy. As a god of justice, the virtue of giving to everyone what is his due. A god of love, to be pleased with, to regard with affection, to have benevolence or goodwill, a high and holy principle. A god of pity, the feelings of the sufferings of another. A god of patience, enduring without fretfulness or murmuring, not easily provoked, calm under sufferance, of iniquity, not revengeful. I'm sorry, calm under the sufferance of injury, not revengeful. Long-suffering, the god of long-suffering, long-endurance and forbearance, the god of grace, which is favor and friendship. So with all these traits that spell out loving-kindness, how was Jesus able to win the controversy with Satan? Satan uses any means at his disposal to lure or force into sin. Jesus only uses principles of love, which we just defined. Here lies the reason for his sacrifice. To pay for us what we could not pay. His life of self-denial lived in our human flesh to bring into our gene pool, pool the ability to have victory when we are born again as his children. These traits are given to us to exercise for victory over sin and self. All this victory is through sacrifice and self-denial and living for others. This is the reason that we are called to walk in his footsteps. Don't you think it's the only way to influence fallen beings and make a way for a desire for victory in their lives to spring forth? Otherwise, why would anyone desire to deny self if they didn't, if their hearts weren't touched by somebody? Love begets love. Don't you think? Of course, as usual, I'm merely sharing my thoughts. You can use them as a catalyst to think your own thoughts. But I have some verses that it is said that Jesus used as a young man whenever questioned why he was so singular. I want to read them for you. Number one, Job twenty-eight twenty-eight. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and to depart from evil is understanding. Psalms 119, 9 and 11. Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way, by taking heed thereto according to thy word? Psalms 119, 1 through 3. Blessed are the defiled in the way, who walk in the law of the Lord. Blessed are they that keep his testimonies, and that seek him with the whole heart. They also do no iniquity. They walk in his ways. Psalms 119.14-16 I have rejoiced in the way of thy testimonies, as much as in all riches. I will meditate in thy precepts, and have respect unto thy ways. I will delight myself in thy statutes. I will not forget thy word. Proverbs 3, 1-4 My son, forget not my law, but let thine heart keep my commandments. 
for length of days and long life and peace shall they add to thee. Let not mercy and truth forsake thee. Bind them about thy neck. Write them upon the table of thine heart. So shalt thou find favor and good understanding in the sight of God and man. And those verses, it is said that Jesus used whenever his brothers or anyone else just questioned why he just wouldn't just go along with everything everyone else was doing. And here is a list of things that Jesus did, how he touched people's lives, even at a young age. He had a word of sympathy. He helped to share people's burdens. He would share lessons that he had learned out in the field of nature, lessons of love, kindness, and goodness of God. He let people know that they could be endowed with the precious talents if rightly employed, would secure eternal riches. And they could weed vanity from, from them by example. He would teach every moment is fraught with eternal results and that they are to be cherished as a treasure employed for holy purpose. He passed by no one as worthless. He would apply a saving remedy to every soul, presenting a lesson appropriate to the time circumstance. He would inspire them with hope. He would let them know you can become blameless and harmless. You can attain to the character to make you manifest as children of God. And that kind of tender kindness was just who he was from the very beginning because he was divine as well as human. And that divinity showed through as God's character in him. And love begets love. So, uh, let's just have a little prayer and close today. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for Jesus. I thank you that he represents you to us. And for those who are here with me this morning, I pray that their walk with you will be so close. That the veil between will become so thin. That their time with you is so precious that they will never want to leave you. Help us, Lord, to become more like you every day, to be willing to follow in Jesus' path, the path of self-denial and sacrifice for the salvation and saving of others. Thank you, Jesus. In your name I pray. Amen. Okay, my friend, be blessed today, and I will see you tomorrow morning.